Sunday, poor back on a Thursday night. A lot to get into. Uh, coaches retiring, coaches getting fired, and uh, obviously a little offseason baseball. Uh, obviously, though, the uh, main attraction we are taking you into Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, where where shall we start? I got a little Big Ten basketball on in the background, Illinois-Michigan State. That's nice. I thought you were going to start with the Sopranos 25th anniversary. You got that. I, I watched a lot of Sopranos this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's been nonstop. It's been a constant. It's good. Good. To, once in a while, you should be able to do this for whatever reason. They just run the entire series for like a week. That's always nice to pop in. We're at the end here, though. Final season's on now. Oh, really? I thought it was over. <laughs> no, this is it. Tonight's the last, tonight's the last night. Uh, okay. You missed, Maybe you're on a little dip, different HBO because mine ended like three hours ago. Oh, this is like HBO 2 or whatever. Yeah, HBO 2. It, maybe your HBO, HBO West Coast? Yeah, I think it might have used to have been HBO West Coast. But this is HBO 2. Actually, I have two HBO 2s. So, yeah, maybe it's yeah. HBO 2 West. Yeah, because I have two HBOs, two HBO twos. I guess they do have the yeah, West that, Coast. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, yeah. So the last time I did this was five years ago, which prompted me to watch the series the whole way through again with my wife for the first time. And this week, I just happened to be on HBO. Was it Monday night, maybe? And I saw they were doing a marathon, and I was like, "Oh, I remember they did this one time for the twentieth year." And I did the math. I was like, "Oh, twenty-five years. Okay, it's been five years." <laughs> I uh, I always have it kind of going. Like I don't. It's not always like being. I'm not just constantly watching it. But I just like because it's as queued up on uh, on Max, like whatever the last one you watch is. I just pop in every couple of weeks. Just pop whatever the next one is, and watch them going to bed or whatever. It's always it's a, it's a constant. It's always on. I like popping in mid episode though. Oh, this is great! No, this is like fantastic, and like some of these I haven't seen in forever. Because the last season, I haven't like I don't really watch that last season very often. That's the probably the one I've rewatched the least outside of the last two. I guess seen Blue Comet and Made in America a thousand times. Oh, okay. But the rest of it, like you know, just a couple times probably. Whereas the early seasons, I watched you know, as they were happening, like three, four times that week, and then rewatched who knows how many times after that. Yeah, well, that was back when, basically before on demand. So you had to actually do your homework and catch it at you know eight o'clock on a Monday, nine o'clock on whenever they were re-airing. Yeah, you had to be there to watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it'd always be yeah Sunday at nine appointment there, and then yeah, like Monday, Wednesday, maybe get one on like a Saturday late night or something, prep yeah. for the next prep for the next day. Yeah. There was a lot of rewatches then. Yeah, there was but definitely that- a couple. Mo- there was definitely a couple moments this week. Uh, more with the, like you said, the later seasons. Uh, like tonight, I was watching one, and there's, there's once in a while, there's something where I was like, oh, I don't remember that, and that doesn't really happen that often. Yeah, and they have. Oh, I don't know if you, on Max. Speaking of not seeing things, they have the uh, a bunch of deleted scenes on there. Oh. And three, three like unreleased ones, three first time deleted scenes. 
Were they doing deleted scenes this week for the marathon? No, no, no. It's just like on demand. Got to not on demand, but it's on on the on the oh, they weren't, service. They weren't incorporating them into the episode. It was just no, separate. no. It's not. It's not like Godfather. Uh, the Godfather. What do you call it? <laughs> Coda. No, well, Co- yeah, Coda. I guess had some old scenes, but the Godfather. Fuck was it? Well, the, yeah, the, the, chrono- the chronological order one. They used the to Godfather saga. The Godfather saga. Yeah, it would be chronological, and they had deleted scenes in it. Yep. It would be all day Sunday, like noon to midnight. They'd play the it. Be- the best. The best. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a, that's not something like you have to be a serious Godfather fan to watch that. You've you've had a, had to watch the Godfather one and two like multiple times before you jump yeah. in before you jump into the saga. I've never watched the saga straight through. It's just one of those things that's been on. Well, no, it's like seven hours long. It's longer than that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's forever. oh right because it does it goes into three also. Yeah, yeah, it's like it it's literally up. like ten hours, I think. Yeah, and with commercials, you're looking at literally twelve, thirteen hours. Yeah, you got to start at like eleven in the morning. <laughs> take forever. a day, off, take a day off from work. Yeah. And a day to recoup. I mean, that's that's a long that's that's work, dude. Watching yeah. that, yeah, commercials really gets in the way. Yeah, commercials are tough. I think um, it was I think it was like a network TV thing at first. I think it did it for network TV at first. That's what I'm saying. USA Network. No, I think it was like for like NBC or ABC or something like that back like originally, oh. like originally. Yeah, and then USA a- AMC would have it sometimes. Yeah, always commercials. Well, yeah, the Godfather or uh, Sopranos hasn't gone that route just yet. No, not yet. The lead uh, scenes aren't. It's amazing, like what is left in the cutting room floor. There's nothing that was really that really blew my mind. There's one interesting one in the episode where Chris gets killed. Okay, uh, and Tony and Carmel like kind of show up at his house unannounced, and he's having people over like for a little barbecue, but didn't invite Tony and Carm. It's like, oh. Oh, it's like it's like his in-laws and a bunch of people like in the neighborhood and stuff. Tony and they show like up it. unannounced and Tony's a little slighted. Tony was pissed. Chris was pissed. Yeah. But yeah, but then later, he, later he gets whacked. <laughs> now you know why. Was he gonna uh, be invite for the okay. barbecue? That would have been a little uh that would have been a little much, I think. Like Tony <laughs> killing him over. <laughs> Right. Well, you, but but then also like at the end, you could see he was like chipping already a little bit. Yeah. Like he was like sneaking throughout the day or something, even though he was having the, or maybe it was Tony that made him go and chip. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Tony showing up probably pissed him off. He was drinking. He was like, "Oh, look, I'm just drinking Canada Dry." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Tony was a terrible influence. No, he was. He did everything he could to knock him off the wagon or back on or drag him back on the wagon. And then judge him five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. And call him like a scumbag for for going against himself. Yeah. <laughs> not a great influence at all. Not not a guy I'd pick for a sponsor. Tony, no. I mean, Tony was an addict himself. Not you know, not as much with the uh the boot, well, maybe a little bit with the booze and the drugs, but like with the gambling, he was just like obsessive, Tony. Yeah, he mixed, he had a mixed bag of vices. I don't know what his worst addiction was. I won't say he's addicted other than making money. 
gambling Jordan. probably. I don't think he, like really showed up that one time. He did gamble. But he like had a pro how we had that problem like one time where he like when hash when he owed hash money. Yeah. Women? Probably. Yeah, the gambling episode was very standalone-ish. Well, there was lead up to it. Um where uh I guess it's a couple episodes before that he had been gambling. Actually, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, then there was like the Jets thing with Carmella. That was like where it blew up, but they, they kind of tease it a little bit in the episodes prior. We could also go back to like season two when he's they, you know, what's his his attorney? I forget his name. Convinces him to he's got to spend more time in the office. He yeah, spends it like setting up Mark Madness pool. <laughs> That's not really gambling. <laughs> Take it from us. Well, yeah. yeah, but still, it just shows you. No, he's back a, a little bit. He's always got his uh, fingers in it, but that's when that's when he really showed us something. He's could be a little bit compulsive, very compulsive. Yeah, because right, he doesn't really do drugs, but if there's coke, he's not saying no to it. I never saw him pass on coke. Yeah, Tony, he's just like a little <laughs> bit of a party animal. <laughs> <laughs> it shows up. He's like, yeah, peyote. Yeah, sure, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Yeah, he just says yes to everything. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's how we should all live. We don't say no. We should maybe, maybe that should be twenty twenty four. It should be a resolution to live more like Tony Soprano and don't yeah. say no. Don't say no to anything. Just say yes. <laughs> yeah, just say yes. Just say yeah. BTS. Just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get that tattoo. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. Um, but yeah, yeah no, it's good to, good to see it back on the uh, because you don't see it like that often being played on HBO. It's no, I know, there. yeah, I know. So when I'm always flipping and saw it, that was just a nice, this a nice, nice surprise to see it in the in the mix there. Yeah, I haven't then, seen, I, I know that. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, say, I haven't seen any appearances, but I know they have been doing stuff. Uh, like the cast has been doing some. I think Chase was on Seth Meyers. Maybe I saw. I didn't watch the interview, but nobody mentioned the movie, right? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I still have a tough time. When I think about that movie, it gets me so angry. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's separate from the show. It doesn't really. On oh, it's definitely separate. You have to separate it. Yeah. I was just so bad. It's a tough <laughs> pill to swallow. Yeah, it was worse than even when I thought it'd be bad. It was worse than what I thought, and then I got my hopes up, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was like, "Oh well, that fuck was I doing? Fuck was I thinking?" So you, so you started with low expectations, and they even, I guess, exceeded those. Yeah, well, yeah, I think as I got, I ended up getting excited for it. That maybe hurt more. <laughs> hurt, well, hurts not the word, but you know, yeah, I had low expectations. I thought it might be okay. And then I got excited upon release, and it was uh, it was what it was. Okay, yeah, I never really got that excited about it, so I didn't really it didn't really hit me that hard. Yeah, I think the weeks leading up to it, the anticipation got me a little bit. Yeah, you got caught up a little bit. Yeah, I then I yeah then I got my hopes up, and they just cr- like, crashed. Maybe, maybe this could be good. <laughs> then it was terrible. Then it yeah. was a piece of shit. It had, uh, it had potential. It just, they just, uh, it was a little sloppy. 
it, the the pieces were there to make a good movie. It just I didn't like the I didn't like the actor playing Dicky. Wasn't a good Dicky. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nick Cage's brother in Face Off, Alejandro, whatever the fuck his name is. Was he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Pollock Troy. I didn't realize that was his brother. Uh, yeah, not, he had a good cast too. Even like the woman played Livia was pretty good. I mean, the, she was good. Uh, what's his name? Gandolfini's kid, Michael. Is that his name? Was was really good. So that's the one I've gone back and forth with. At first, I was like, you know what? It's it's good. They got Gandolfini's kid. He looks just like him. Like, how could you have someone play the Tony Soprano role? Yeah, it's almost almost impossible. When you saw like. When you've seen you've seen it done before, like character like Godfather Two, we we're just talking about Vito Two Vito Corleone's and like De Niro knocked that out of the park. Yeah, but like even but like Tony Soprano's like even more iconic, I would say, than uh, Vito Corleone because I mean th- that was a three hour movie. Tony Soprano was like a decade. Yeah, the you only I mean? the only thing with the see, I have no idea. Seventy four to seventy two would have been what would have loomed large at that time. Would have been that it was Brando. Yeah, right? and it's like I think I, there's some interview somewhere along the line where it's like you don't he he couldn't play a young Brando, but he could play a young Vito Corleone. Yeah, I was like that's the thinking. So the only thing I was having to live up to Marlon Brando, who's at that time considered the greatest actor of a generation. Right. So with Gandolfini's kid, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I like it because it's actually, I mean, it looks just like him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, anybody else is just going to feel like a pretender, you know, just, it's just going to, going to feel inauthentic. Mm-hmm. But the more I, I, I've seen of that movie and that performance, and I know we're different as teenagers than we are as adults. I just, I can't buy, I can't buy Tony Soprano being that in high school. He had to be a little bit cooler than that, no? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I guess I've I, I guess I've I've thought more about the Silvio and the Paulies of the world. Well, that and the Dickies. <laughs> and I guess I haven't given that. I guess you're you're probably right. Yeah, maybe the character should have been a little bit cooler. A little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He did. He did fine. He did fine. Right. Yeah, and I'm going to stick with he did fine because. The rest did not do fine at all. Like you're not gonna, he's not gonna be as cool as Tony when he's, you know, in the series starts. Was he late thirties, early forties, or whatever? Mm-hmm. But he just, he felt like a little bit of a, uh, he feel like a little bit of like a weenie, like a naive kid. Yeah, he was like, a little naive. Don't, yeah. Don't you think Tony, by the time he was like in high school, would have had a little bit more street smarts? Yeah, probably. He's, he's not. He's not far away from uh, knocking off Peach's card game at that point. Right. And he's like, like that kid's not knocking off Peach's card game. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, Tony at eight years old is one thing. You're, you know, fat little eight-year-old. Like, that's <laughs> that's fine. You're innocent still. By the time you're, I don't know, what's he playing in the movie? 16, 17 years old, 18 yeah. years old? It's like, yeah, a little better than that. You got to be a little bit more of a tough guy at that point. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to play. A high, I don't know because a high school student, there is like a little bit of naivete there, but 
I mean, if you grow up in the right neighborhood and like hang out with the right kids, like you're not going to be that stunat. Or that, yeah. and the, the head's not going to be that far up, up your own ass, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, that's the that's the thing I always think about when I think of the movie. I don't that's even fair. think about the Sill and Paulie. I think about the the Gandolfini performance. You know Michael. what I think? What I think about the most is that they had Dickie Moltisanti coaching deaf kids baseball. Was that most... true though, or was that... I don't know? But it doesn't matter if it was true or it was his fantasy or whatever. It was the most bizarre fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Him throwing a beeping ball. On their hand to some kids, like what is going on here? The fuck am I watching? Was it deaf kids or blind kids? Oh yeah, blind kids. Those are a beeping ball, right? That would be cruel to use a beeping ball with deaf kids. <laughs> What's the matter? I could. That would make more sense for Dickie, Dickie Montesanti. I would have written. <laughs> Did you hear? It's beeping. Yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. He's playing with blind kids. Yeah, very strange, and and they're they're like cheering like Mister Maltesanti, Mister Maltesanti, like what the fuck, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? It's bizarre. There's total misuse of Leota. Also, bad job. Oh yeah, they brought him back as the brother. Yeah, just he was fine. He did nothing. He did nothing wrong. But there was, you had fucking Ray Leota. How'd you guys fuck that up? But they did. Yeah, they would have been better off just using him as the guy in prison instead of yeah. just just cut out the whole other part of him being Dickie's father, or had him be Dickie's father, just one or the other. One, it had to be one or the other. You can't do yeah. the soap opera thing. Yeah, no, that was not. It was the guy. He tried to get real, real cute with it. <laughs> uh man, just do, do you? Do you think there's a weak season of The Sopranos? Um, no, I, 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 the the weakest. I mean, no, they're all fine. They all have, like there's weak episodes, weak scenes. I don't know if like, the weakest season. I don't know if it's like I don't know. Certain parts of the last two seasons are not great, and the first season really isn't. Great up until the end. Like the first season, hang on a second. Let me rephrase that. The first season has great moments in it in the beginning of it. Then it gets into like the master genius stuff. Uh there's a few low, like even like the what's the one where like Tony goes golfing with Kuzumano? It's a weird oh, episode, yeah. but it, it has a great ending too. So it's like, all right, like I, I felt almost like the first season feels like um uh, the prize fight, prize fight when they're feeling each other out in the first round. A little bit, but I was gonna say, like each episode was like, all right, let's do gangsters rubbing elbows with rap with rappers. Let's yeah. do gangsters in this scenario. Let's do gangsters with oh with with Jewish with Jewish people. Let's do gangsters with these people. Like let's kind of like fish out of water this thing with really strong moments. Like the pilot is great. Um. And then it and then it, it ends so strong that like the big like season two just kind of goes off with a bang and two is phenomenal start to finish. Yep. Three is like 
defining season of TV and four, four, yeah, three and four, like defining seasons of television. Right. And then it's like getting towards the end five. Well, five is five is Buscemi and Feach, right? Five is Buscemi and Feach, yeah. And that kind of grows on me more the more I watch that season. It was always I always, always like I always liked that season. I always kind of felt like it was a step back. I mean, especially after how, how great three and four are. But the more I've seen it, the more I like really appreciate that season. Excellent, right? But it, it was hard to keep up that pace, though. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, um, I think if you're gonna go weak season, I think it's six A. Yeah, six A. I don't, I don't love the ending. That's like the worst finale. Luther Vandross box set hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I won't watch it, but it's so disjointed and like all over the place. It's tough. It's sometimes like, it's tough to watch. Uh, and then they're all like, it's all like the happy Christmas ending. You go see Phil in the hospital. And it's like, you just knew like, oh, they're alone. You to sleep a little bit here. Calm before the storm type thing. I felt like that's all of six. That was all of six. A. Yeah. It was like they just, it was like filler to get. And there was, some, I mean, the ride is an all time, like top five episodes. So the, yeah. it, again, it has its moments, but. I think 6A was almost like a filler like to get to that final season, 6B, which I think is a great uh, – there's a couple weak episodes in there, but it, I think that's a great uh, last nine episodes. I thought they finished really strong. Yeah, yeah they do finish strong. Let me see. I got to see. I got to remind myself here. Six, 6B, 6B to me far exceeds 6A. Uh, okay, let's see. I gotta check something out here. All right. So six, six B starts off with them at the lake house. Oh, hang on a second. Six A one is a great opener. Uh, that's when Tony gets when Junior shoots Tony. Yeah. And then you can either like or hate what happens after that. I like it. I like the yeah. hostile episodes. I don't. I don't. I don't love it. It was like like, too long. It was just too long. Filler. But I like I liked it though. Yeah. Um uh then yeah, and then you have the sacrimony wedding, luxury lounge when it goes out west. I like luxury lounge and I like yep. the sacrimony wedding. Uh the veto storyline. Did they go a little too a little <laughs> too heavy on it? No disrespect, uh, Vito. Let's see. So that starts in episode five. That's this. So it's five, six, seven. Johnny Cakes is eight. And they go completely away from it in nine. And then it's like another in ten. It's like right back to ten's where he gets. It's ten where he gets whacked. Where he comes back and gets whacked in eleven. That's probably what it is. I caught that. That caught that episode too this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. But again, that almost feels like season one, where it's like, "Oh, let's do a let's do a gay gangster." What happens here? Like a fish out of water. To this guy, um, what I mean, it is what it is. I don't, I don't have a gigantic problem with it. Uh, that's what you're gonna <laughs> do that. That's what you're gonna do with the season. That's what you're gonna do with the season. You know, man. The, when Tony and Sill are outside talk, it's when Vito first comes back and contacts Tony. Yeah, and Tony's like. Why couldn't he just stay? Stay. I'm paraphrasing. But why couldn't he stay wherever the fuck he was and do it quietly? So I was like, 
Is that what he was doing? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking who runs into him in the in the club? It's Murmur and like another guy. I don't think it's Murmur. I think it's just two random guys. No, it's Murmur because is it Murmur? All right. I, th- I think it was. Oh. I thought, I, not random Murmur, guys. Murmur guys is the seen. one who Murmur is the one who breaks it though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe it's him. Okay, so maybe someone tells Murmur. Right, yeah, Murmur heard from this guy who heard from that guy, yeah. Mm, so, yeah. Okay. So I think I think actually after after the veto storyline, that's when it gets weak because then you have the then you have the thing with the real estate agent, the little love triangle, Tony Christopher love triangle that never really made sense. Tony, oh, with the good wife, whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what. Her yeah, name. yeah. This is, I was very disjointed. Um, kind of like thrown together just to end the season and then figure out the next season. Uh, didn't uh, yeah I I feel like that was the worst part of the season and then again this the end was terrible. Uh, and, and then how about and speaking of sponsors, Christopher is your sponsor. You know he's got Murmur who he brings into fucking organized crime basically has him <laughs> doing collections, and then the chick he ends up with you know they're doing crack together and going to the movies whatever they're doing. Yeah, it makes it makes recovery seem so much fun. I don't know. Yeah, right. Hey, you're getting laid, getting fucking. <laughs> getting uh, new business associates and sitting there blitz what, out of your mind at the diner. What did Mur- what did Murmur do? Was he like he like he was uh he for did like um fraudulent credit cards or something? Yeah, I remember he shows up and uh he picks up the credit card numbers from the hotel. Mm, okay. They're, right, they're right, still right. in the hotel game with uh, yeah. the Jewish guys from season yeah. one. Yep. Oh yeah. All right, so that's yeah, I don't have a problem with 6A. It's, it's again, it's like in three different parts. It's like the coma part, the veto part, and then the sloppy ending part, plus the plus the ride. The ride's great, yeah. Is there anything else in there in between where Tony fights what's-his-face at the end? When he's, that, when he's still coming back. Yeah, it's a great scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, where he's I guess those just are the big storylines, yeah. though. There's nothing else big in there. And then six, part two. This is like where each episode, at a certain part, has like goodbye to a certain character. Like there's the Johnny Sack dies. There's the Hesh thing where his wife dies. Um, the Christopher episode. Uh, and then you know, the, then the end. But first, so you start off. You have. JT Dolan. JT Dolan says his goodbyes. Yeah. Um, Another fucking Christopher sponsor. Fucking Waxley. <laughs> the worst sponsor ever. <laughs> I couldn't just stay where he was and do it quietly. <laughs> um, yeah, Soprano Home Movies. The Bobby thing. Then it goes into stage five is the... Um, uh, Johnny Sack dies. Remember when is the is the trip the Paulie Tony trip to Florida? I like that. Yeah, chasing it. That's the gambling one. Yep. I don't remember Walk Like a Man. Walk Like a Man's great. That's that's one of my favorite episodes from that season. That's Christopher at the end. That's when Paulie fucks up his lawn, I believe. And then 
and then he flags they, JT. That's the JT Dolan episode. Yeah, and then he goes yeah. and falls off the wagon at the Bing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's an uncomfortable episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Kennedy Heidi, which is where Christopher gets whacked. Tony takes peyote. Yep. Second coming is AJ. Tries to drown himself. Oh yeah. Or maybe Kennedy and Heidi. Maybe Kennedy and Heidi is. And the second coming. No, because no, I think Tony's away. He goes away after Christopher dies. Yeah, I think that's in Kennedy and Heidi. Oh yeah, because then he, when it ends, he's in Vegas when it ends. So second coming is AJ, and that's all. That all starts. Yeah. When Tony's on peyote, what's he screaming? I get it. He, yeah. Yeah. What does he get? What, what is he getting? I just well, I just saw this. He he talked to um. Melfi about it. I don't know if this is what he said he got, but he the thing he said was that uh, uh, mutters they're all like uh, they're bus drivers, or they are the bus. They take us where we got to go. They drop us off, and they keep going. Maybe it's our fucking fault. We keep trying to get on the bus, something like that. I don't know okay. if he actually. I don't know if he actually got it or not though. He also, he also said it's like you can kind of grasp something, but you don't really you don't really grasp it. So I don't know if he actually remembers what it was. I always thought like he meant like I get it why Christopher loved drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> I do not think that's what it was. Maybe he just had one of those moments where, like, you think you have, like, this really good idea when you're stoned or when you're drunk. Maybe you write it down, and then you wake up the next morning, and you're like, this is stupid. Yeah, stupidest thing I've ever seen. Gibberish. It must have been high, yeah. I've heard comedians talk about that a lot. I've heard, like, Stanhope talk about that. Like, getting shit-faced and thinking he has, like, this awesome thing. Mm-hmm. And he'll read it the next day sober and be like, this makes no sense. <laughs> this is the dumbest Better burn yeah. this before they put me away forever. <laughs> so it could yeah. have been that also. Yeah. Um yeah. No, I think it ends it ends strong. And I still think stamp like the last two are great. Like Blue Common is great. Ends in hiding, and then Made in America, I think is as good as a finale as you could have hoped for. I think so. Yeah, I think they ended strong. Yeah, yeah. Whether you whether you like the actual last scene or not, I think the episodes are uh, are strong. Mm-hmm. And the ending is just polarizing. It's not. Um, I mean, that's what everyone remembers, but the actual like body of work those last two episodes were. Yeah, really good. I'd say it was genius to end it like that because for six seasons or. You know, seven seasons, whatever you want to say. Um, the question was always like, "What's going to happen to Tony?" You know, like right. there's only there's only you know there's only a couple ways this ends. How, what's going to happen to him? And then in the aftermath of the show, now it's what happened to Tony. So the conversation right, yeah. the conversation continues. It's just within your rearview mirror now. Yeah. Pretty fucking traumatizing if he gets whacked there right in front of everyone. Traumatizing for the family? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unless somebody catches a, catches a stray. Oh, then you're talking like Godfather 3. 
Then, then it gets really dark. I mean, what happens to Carmela? She's got to sell that house. She can't afford that. No. Not enough no. in the bird feeder to cover those expenses. No, she would not be taken care of. Holy's going to go into hiding. Silvio's dying. Silvio's probably dying. Yeah. Whatever happens, where does when when Janice moves into uh, Johnny Sack's house with Bobby? Where does Ginny Sack go? Do we know? I don't know where it happened to Ginny. Goes and moves with her daughter, maybe. Probably one of the daughters. She had a couple daughters. They may reference that. Yeah, she had uh, the one that got married, and then the Allegra. Allegra was the one who got married. Yeah. <laughs> what does Tony call her? Like a, a nine-pound bundle of joy. <laughs> <laughs> such a piece. Such a piece of shit. Incredible. <laughs> oh man, he's an incredible asshole, Tony. Yeah, he really is, man. Just arrogant narcissist. Just not, just not a clue of how he's actually perceived. Who give a fuck? Nope, it's not care. Or he cares too much. I mean, he's in therapy. He cares too much. Hmm. Yeah. But don't, doesn't it come out like the, the whole thing at the end why she eventually drops a Melfi is because she feels like the therapy is actually helping him yeah. become a better criminal. Mm. So That was a big thing, man. There's people who still don't like the therapy scenes. But yeah, really I've good. heard people talk about that, yeah. I love all that shit, though. Like It works great. It's just a mob show. But like I've, I really appreciate the, the therapy stuff. I appreciate the dream stuff, like all the, all the stuff people hate, like I love that. I love it all because it's you got to keep it kind of interesting. You can't just. There's been plenty of shows that have done these, uh, you know, the violence all the time type shit, and it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. <sighs> the dream stuff I can understand people not liking. I don't mind it. I, I think sometimes it was leaned on a little too heavily. The the therapy, I don't really understand the anti-therapy scene, people. Like, that's the whole, that's the show. Right, it gets you inside his head. You see, like, yeah. what he's picking up from her, like, how she's helping him or, or how it's informing his decisions. Yeah, you get to see right inside his mind where you wouldn't, you, know, you wouldn't get these things otherwise, these bits, these bits of information otherwise. It's also very cynical in a way that you see like how full of shit he is at times and how he like the, the his version of events is just completely like not fabricated, but mm-hmm. it's his own version that he's telling Melfi. Yeah. It, it's, it's his side of the story. And you really see like how people are just completely full of shit. I think you see that in the therapy. You see that in the entire show, really. Mm-hmm. It's a very cynical show where you see like you just see how um you just you, you see like human behavior at its at its worst almost and i'm not going to talk about the killing and all that shit the lying the cheating that comes to the it's, territory it's yeah. just it's just the, 
the complete the complete like just full of shit element that human beings are yeah he'll use he'll, he'll use the therapy to justify the shit that he does and he'll go into therapy and swing it so she's kind of well he won't get her to agree because she kind of sees through some of his shit but yeah. he'll 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 take advantage of the therapy and 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 to and use it to make him feel better about himself or even to like inform some of his decisions and and just kind of use use therapy for something that's not meant to be used for at all right 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 so um you're right it is it does it does get into the human element that's what that's probably when it's at its best when it gets into the human element of shit and to see those ugly sides of of these people is uh and to think like the killing even is, the good people even the good people yeah like the Artie Bucos of the world and the Melfies and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Kuzumanos. Mm -hmm. You just see, like, you see through these people. Brian like, Camaradas. Wow. Brian Camaradas. Like, none of us are really that good. Yeah. Brian There's had no some problem. people that are worse. <laughs> Brian had no problem slipping mm -hmm. into it. Brian Camarada. Nope. <laughs> Cousin Brian. Right in there. In the HUD, in the HUD scene. <laughs> in the HUD game. And in the Bing. No problem. Hang on. Big, That's him. He was all in in the bing. He hit the hotel party. He was licking coke off some stripper's tits. Oh yeah. Yeah. You couldn't keep him. Couldn't keep him off the fucking floor. Yeah. yeah. Tony was a not a great sponsor. Yeah, he's a magnet. He was went to him to be a, a shit bag. All right, yeah. we got we got to take our break. We'll be right back. We'll do the sports. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> Michigan stayed up for. All right, you said it at start of the show. A lot of sports to catch up on. Monumental week. Coaches that are ousted. The debate continues. Uh, Bill Belichick's legacy. Was he great? Was he not great? Um, obviously, uh, a lot of other stuff going on. Marcus Stroman's a Yankee. Uh, I got to start there just because we're just like number one Yankee guys. At our heart, we're Yankee guys. So, uh are you welcoming Marcus Stroman with open arms? Are you excited about Marcus Stroman? No. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't really understand. I guess it's a low risk move, right? Because it's two years. Um, two years. Is, I don't know how much money is. Whatever. Uh, I don't know. You need arms. But this is a guy who wore out his welcome with the Mets, right? Arguing on Twitter. Yeah, complaining, Cubs. I don't know what what went down with the Cubs. It seems like they weren't kind of rushing to resign them. I think he had a decent stint with the Cubs. No, I don't know. And now is he local guy? Stroman is he from New York? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe he's got a big mouth though, and it's not going to fly in the Bronx. The it's going to be. It's going to be an issue. Spotlight's too big. If he's he better just back it up. That's all there is to it. He he's can talk, thirty-two years old. He's not young. He could talk all he wants if he if he has like a three-something ERA and wins fifteen games for every you know for these two years. I'll be I'll be open-minded until I'm not. Yeah, I mean, whatever. He's he'll be a he'll be fine back end rotation guy. Better than Severino. 
I'll say that. That's me by me being positive. Yeah, more reliable. Yeah. Pitches more healthy. If I had a big game to win tomorrow, do or die, I'll take uh, Strowman over Severino. That's my justification. Yeah, he hasn't had a terrible career by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not, you know, you don't want him, you don't want him to be your number two. Nope. So no way. We'll, t- we'll take him. Depending on where he lands in rotation, it could be seen as a desperation move or it could be seen as just filling some holes. And I'll take it as a fill in some holes. Yeah. And disaster's obviously on the table. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Medford, New York. All right. Local yeah. guy. Yeah. So, uh, Football, where do you want to start? You have Michigan one. Belichick's out. Uh, Pete Carroll's yeah. out. Michigan was kind Rables of was out. kind of anticlimactic, Michigan. The Rose Bowl kind of felt like the that was the game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have much to say about Michigan. They kind of just kicked their ass. All right. Yeah, Belichick's out. Uh I guess he's going. He's not retiring. It sounds like he's going to go somewhere else. Chargers, Falcons are rumored now. My guess he's going to come back and be the D coordinator for the Giants. Now that uh, Wink Martindale's gone, doubtful. I don't know, man. Bring it back full circle. Let me see it happen. Belichick just that's his that's his retirement. Just yeah, just come back, day. come back home. We're all started, kind of. And apparently, the, I know Vrabel is like the, the layup for the Patriots, but apparently they, they like Jared Mayo so much. He's like minus 700 right now in Vegas to be the next Whoa. coach. Whoa. They love him. Wow. I kind of thought Vrabel was going to be the no doubt guy for sure. Well, he still might be. They got to do their due diligence and, you know, interview people. Multiple people. Yeah. You know, Rooney rule. Yep. But they like they like mail, apparently. All right. Uh yeah, um, I don't have much to say about Belichick. It's like whatever. It's yeah, like thank God said. he's gone. Yeah. Oh, do you have anything to say about this? About this. This is more interesting than any any of this stuff. <laughs> Did you hear Stephen A. Smith go all in on Jason Whitlock? <laughs> Yeah, he called him a fat piece of shit, right? He did like a 45-minute diatribe on him. Wow. I couldn't even listen. I was like, this is too long. Like, I get it. Because uh, where did that stem from? I don't even know. I don't even know. I think it's been a long, there's a beef going on for a lot of years. He said he said that, that Jason Willock is worse than a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> like all right like, that's not good you don't want to be that's a bad you're in bad company jason who does jason whitlock work for these days blaze network i don't even know what the hell that is is he with um clay travis who does clay travis work for who does number two work for <laughs> clay travis who is a total goof I don't know yeah. how you take some of these people seriously. How these people have fought, like listeners? I don't understand how he has a loyal following. Um, he he tries to do like the Portnoy gimmick on Twitter. Travis does. Yeah, I, don't I, I saw gimmick. someone. In his, I saw someone in his co- no. Well, I mean, copycat. I don't know. 
I heard someone in his comments call him Walmart Portnoy. Walmart Dave Portnoy. It's it's even like what's what's the what's like two steps but like Caldor Portnoy. Yeah, Caldor Portnoy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he he's like completely like right wing, like all in on that, and I think he's yeah. sincere about that. Like Portnoy kind of leans that way, but I don't think he's. No, I don't think I don't think they they mean politically like they meant he like he'll talk about being rich. Like on Twitter, reporter will do that as as a gimmick and and Travis will kind of like try and piggyback on that. It's like come on. He's a a goof. He's a total goof. You ever heard of the guy talk? You can't I can't take the guy seriously. Yeah. Um but no, he works for Outkick the coverage. I think they used oh, to work. Okay. Together. I think they used to work together though. What the hell is Outkick the coverage like? Uh, what is it? or just Outkick dot com or something? I don't know. It's just another uh, place to get some sports talk. It's just too much. It's just too much. Yeah, it's way too much. I've been doing like unfollow. I made a little rule for myself this week. A little uh-huh. little insight into my brain here. Where if I log on to Twitter or I go on Twitter, I need to unfollow one person every time I log on. <laughs> I've unfollowed a bunch. It's fucking great. What if you follow like five people though? Well, if I get down are you, that, are you, are you are you allowed to follow new people? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, you gotta but you gotta unfollow someone. I need to follow. I need to unfollow at least one person. Yeah. And then I would just go on like streaks where I just keep just like go down my list and just hit unfollow a bunch of people. Yeah. Right. Simmons Simmons was the best one to do. Oh wow. Simmons <laughs> unfollowed. It's, all not, right. it's not interesting to me. <laughs> uh what did you think about Rogers saying that the, the Jets need to like get away from all the bullshit and their off the field issues? Wait, 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 wait! I didn't hear this. He said they do his need off the field issues. Well, that's that's the that's the joke. <laughs> I can get Amazing. the exact quote for you. Hey, right, look for it because he was uh, he was on he got kicked off the show. He got kicked off the Pat McAfee show, and yeah. it was on twenty four hours later. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's I, I don't know what there's something going on at ESPN, right? They're not they're not thrilled with Rogers' uh, rhetoric on the show. ESPN is also giving out fake Emmys, apparently. Oh, is that true? Yeah, they did. So I don't know. I don't quite understand how the gimmick worked, but they got like Lee Corso and Aaron Andrews some Fugazi Emmys or so, somehow by using fake names, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, let's see if I have the Rogers quote. Uh, well, I, I mean, this is the basic one. We need less distractions. He wasn't that bad all season. It wasn't until they got like, till they were kind of out of it where he got to be a little bit loud. Yeah. I don't he really was- under, I don't understand like this guy. It's hard to understand. What were the off this field distractions before he became an off the field distraction? Right, the the Jets are an on field distraction. <laughs> was the, was the coach texting with Joe Beningo at 
<laughs> the worst thing was until until Aaron Rodgers started. Per- the last part- decade, the last decade of Jets football before Rodgers get got there, they could have used an off-field distraction. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It was it was all on field. It was fucking Adam Gase and Todd Bowles and mm-hmm. you know Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing three interceptions at the end of the year to blow the playoff spot. You know Geno Smith like the, those were the that was Jets football. I don't remember anything off the field. I mean Rex Ryan, but like Rex Ryan actually they had success under him. Yeah, no, you could, that's that was fine. You could have off the field distractions when you go to two AC championship games for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was he did have some off the field shit though. <laughs> weird, he did. weird stuff. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't understand. He's a weird, weird guy. But yeah, it was funny. he kind of lulled me to sleep because I was like, Oh, he hasn't been bad all year. And then as soon as like the Jets were just out of it. He started talk, talking out of his ass. Yeah, he's he, there's something there's something off with that guy. He's gonna get weirder and weirder. Yeah, he's gonna go to the Brady route. He's actually making Brady look very good right now. Like Brady, like I thought Brady was gonna get weird, and he did with like all the Botox and shit, and you know, <laughs> fucking eyebrows. But like Rod Rogers is. Uh, this is the quote. The bullshit that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. So stop going on your fucking radio show and talk about Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Why are you talking about talk show hosts? I don't understand. Oh, man. How is that helping the Jets win football games? How does that fit into your plans, A.A. Ron? Are you looking forward to him coming back and playing for the Jets? Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to see him on the field. Because you don't think they're going to be that good. I just want to. See, I just want to see him in action. So I'd rather see him play than hear him talk. He's going to be. Let's let's see. He's his age right hurt. now. He gets hurt in the first drive again. Me too. Wait, uh, I, was, I didn't say I hope. I said what if. <laughs> oh, I said I, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's not drag me down with you. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> We don't so refer injuries on this podcast unless it's Aaron Rodgers. What this guy might. This guy might. <laughs> oh, jeez. Non-contact. Uh, right. He's 40 years old. So he's going to be f- almost he's December. So he's going to be 40 still entering next season. I mean, he's he's old. He's an old quarterback, which coming off a bad injury. And the O-line, I mean... What are they going to do to fix it? He's going to be. They got to fix that O line if he's going to play behind it, man. Coming off a, uh, coming off that that injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, like same thing with Strowman, man. Like if you're going to talk, I want to see you back it up. So let me see what you got. So get out there, get on the field. You talk about healing, getting back for the playoffs. That didn't happen. I'm not saying he didn't live up to his side of the story, but uh he kind of didn't. Like they he he was able to use the excuse that they were knocked out of it. But then he right. also said he wasn't medically cleared, right? Right, yeah. But he, and then you wonder what did, did they not bring back did they not go for a quarterback like trade wise because they were still counting on him? Like who knows? I doubt that, but and, I, mean, and I, I understand like, like, like when he and when they were 
eliminated and he was like i would have come back but i wasn't medically cleared it's like yeah but that was that was the whole point you said you were going to be cleared right Right. yeah the whole point was like i'm going to be back you can't say oh i'm going to be back but my acl isn't fully or my kill isn't fully healed like that's right that's what the doubters were saying. They said you weren't going to be I'm ready. Ninety-six percent back. That four percent is in my knee. Right. So who are you? So you didn't really prove anybody wrong just because you were out there walking around throwing a football at practice. To be fun. I mean, going to be fun. Uh, we're only uh, nine months away. For yeah, he's kind of a blowhard. I mean, for a guy who like he just kind talks of. like soft. Well, he's like he has, He's not like the Rex Ryan type of blowhard, like you know. Oh, he talks out of his ass a lot. He's a blowhard. He's not your traditional blowhard, I would say. Loud right. Well, obnoxious. He tries to. He, he, he's like Kyrie, man. He just wants to sound like he's smarter than everybody. He does have a lot of Kyrie in him. Yeah. So that's 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 a that's a different kind of blowhard. That is the like uh, I don't know what the right term for it is. He's a fake intelligent. Or uh, he fools himself into being intelligent, blowhard, the smartest man in the room, blowhard in his own mind. Yeah, he's like, watch, look at how not of a dumb jock I am. Yeah, yeah, hosting Jeopardy, like hosting Jeopardy. (laughs) Fuck out of here. What are you doing? And in turn, he kind of just makes himself look like a dumb jock. It's not like a dumb jock. Right. Well, he's doing, because he's, doing he's so exactly what he doesn't want to do. He's so desperate to not look like one for whatever reason. Like so, somehow Muhammad Ali managed to not look like a dumb jock. Yeah. Um, despite all the racial things, getting his head beaten for a living. And uh oh, hang on a second. Phil's about to get his head run over here. Bye bye, pop pop. <laughs> Uh, and somehow he managed to, you know, overcome all that and be be this intelligent, thoughtful, you know, people. He had his haters, but that's that's time and place, right? Yeah. Rogers, Rogers just opens his mouth and it's like he wants to sound smart, and yeah, I'm sure he has his backers, just people who kind of hang on to his word, who agree with him for whatever reason. But uh, he's just an idiot. Yes, who wants to sound smart? Desperately. Yeah. The <clears throat> yeah. wildcard weekend is upon us. We're here once again. Uh opening of the playoffs, the second season. This is when it gets real. This is when you lock it in. We have a pretty decent slate of games this weekend. I would say as far as wildcard weekend goes, this is an A slate. I think it's an A slate because you have some you you have some live dogs this week. You have some sexy dogs. You have some it, at the very least you have brand name dogs. You have brand name dogs, you have brand name teams. You have you have you have young players. You have storylines. You have a cla- you have a classic you have a couple classic team matchups. Storylines um, are big, yeah. Uh, just going down the list here without doing the pictures yet. Cleveland, Houston. I mean, this is not. I mean, this is maybe the worst game 
it's a two point game, so it could be a great game. Uh, I'm not sure what the worst. I'm not gonna even say it. it doesn't even matter what the worst game is. Um, but this is fun because you have Cleveland defense, which has been um, staunch all year, and you have a rookie quarterback on Houston who has been exciting, and now we get to see him in a standalone here on Saturday afternoon to open the playoffs. That's exciting. Um, a good opener. A good opener to the weekend, I think. This, this, if we see C.J. Stroud on Saturday, Saturday first game in a couple of years, something will have gone wrong in his career. If he just ends up in that time slot, like classic Houston, ending up in that time slot again and again and again. They own that slot. Right. We don't want to see him there, though. We want C.J. to rise above this slot. Uh, but for him, for him to be the one that brings them back here against the Cleveland team that's been just a, just a tough team, not, not not a fun team, I need to stretch the imagination, but they're a tough team. Um, a, a true test for the rookie. It'll be a good test for the rookie. Uh, this is a good opener there on Saturday at 4.30. Uh, the Peacock game. Peacock. <laughs> I don't even know if I have Peacock. I got to check and be sure. Then they take it away at some point. What Comcast? Yeah. Then wasn't it free? Not free or included for a while. Then they took it away and had a subscribe to, to it. Ch- I'm gonna have to check right now. Better somebody at one of the Chiefs uh, linemen or I forget who it was. Maybe it was Chris Jones. I don't know. Uh, gave away like ninety um, Peacock subscriptions. Oh, so yeah, I probably won't be able to watch the game. Probably better off. Uh, I'm checking right now to see if I have Peacock. That's actually a good point. I just assumed I had it. Yeah, so Miami, Kansas City is at 8.15 on Peacock, if you have it. It's just... If I you mean, don't I, have it, go to a bar, although they probably won't have it either. They probably don't so have the fuck you're talking about. Those bar have yeah. no clue. They don't care. They do not care. Uh, yeah, that's a it's a weird thing to do. Like, I get like the streaming thing is the wave of the future, but to throw a prime time playoff game with the marquee team like Kansas City, defending champion Kansas City on there, um, it's a little out there. I don't really love that. It's it's kind of outrageous. Saturday night, like. Let's see. I'm going to watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on Peacock. If this plays, then I have Peacock. <laughs> uh, but that's Man, a fun. That's a slow. That's a fun game. We'll see if Miami can. Re- yeah, it does go slow. We so far behind. But I mean, everybody's watching it on that, so everybody be behind. Uh, Kansas City with their struggles, but still Kansas City. Miami with their struggles, but still Miami. Uh, we'll see if we get some action or if it's disappointing um but that could has potential to be a little bit of a shootout uh cold and it's gonna be oh yeah it is gonna be cold. maybe the coldest one i forgot about that maybe the coldest game in history they said yeah global warming am i right uh pittsburgh <laughs> buffalo sunday at one this one's a fun one just because uh, pittsburgh's found their way in the playoffs yet again I feel like Pittsburgh's a little bit live here just because Buffalo's because of Buffalo struggles. Uh it is it is the biggest number on the board because Buffalo's been playing really well. But uh, hard to trust Buffalo with that big number. And uh Pittsburgh's D. Uh when Josh Allen gets 
gets fr- gets flustered back there, he can he can find himself in some trouble. So that's that's fun. Good good game to start Sunday. Green Bay Dallas, two marquee teams. Green Bay back in the playoffs. Dallas uh, looking to find their way through the playoffs. Classic uniform matchup. Then the Rams Detroit. Oh, yeah. Rams Detroit have their storylines. Um, Stafford Goff thing. And then Monday night, Philly Tampa. Kind of a gross game to end the weekend. Just because Philly's been playing like shit and Tampa's not really an exciting team. And nobody wanted to see Tampa in the playoffs, but here we are again. Yeah, that might be the worst game. Yeah, yeah. that's why I put on Monday night because you got to watch it. Got to watch it. That's uh, the fucking peacock. That should be, uh, then nobody would watch. They figure they put the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a following. Kansas City obviously has a following. And, uh, they maybe hope Taylor Swift people will get on board. Mm, yep. I forgot to do, let me do some quick accounting for last week here because I didn't, I forgot to fucking tally up last week. My mistake. I apologize. Uh, let me check the scores real quick. I went two and one, I believe. All right. I need you to fill for a second here as I double check. All right. I believe I went two and one. I lost with the Panthers, hit with the fuck did I hit with? I know I hit two games in there. Uh we had Detroit minus three. Detroit, that was it. Detroit one. And you had the Giants plus four and a half. That is a win. So you were two and one. Uh let's see, how did I do? I had Houston minus one. That's a win. That was a win. I had Vegas minus two and a half. That was a win. And I had Buffalo minus three. And that's that a win. Also was a win. So I went three and oh. All right. Good good finish. Uh your final tally going uh two and one. That's a huge victory there. That brings you to twenty-seven and twenty-seven on the year. All right. Uh, and then me, 3 and 0, that brings me to 23, 29, and 2. Not bad, considering I was very bad for a long time. So I'll take that. But new slate, fresh slate here going to the playoffs. And we'll start with you, 4 30, Saturday afternoon, Cleveland and Houston. All right, so we're going snake style. I was going to each game into a pick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, game number one, NBC 430. This is the only game on the board that I made my pick solely based on the spread. I look okay. at this spread. I see it's under three. It feels too easy to pick the Browns. Therefore, I'm taking the Texans. I think the Texans are live in this game. Obvious, obviously, they're home. Okay, uh, it's no secret the Browns have had injuries. They lost Watson. They lose Chubb early in the season. Um, great job by Stefanski overcoming them. I think, first of all, the Browns Ravens matchup next next week is it's it feels too good to be true. I feel like the Texans may ruin that here. Um, Stroud could be a coming out party for Stroud. <laughs> First time, like, you know, last week, sure, he was on national TV. This is a big playoff game. This could be where Stroud kind of announces himself to the world. This could be Stroud 
you know, big time performance, big win, and then you know they're not up to the challenge the following week, and they get they lose by like thirty. They're like the team that just kind of one and done, happy to be there, then gets outclassed in DP on DPW. So I'm gonna take the te- what's the spread? Uh, Cleveland minus two. All right, I'll take the Texans plus two. I'm with you. I'm with you, lockstep. I am a CJ Stroud believer. I'm going that that route. I think it's going to be um, him finding a way. Maybe it's a little tight because you know he's tight early. The defense, Cleveland defense, steps up. Um, but I think they find a way at the end um, to pull it out. So I'm going Houston plus two here as well. Okay. Uh, Miami, Kansas City. I'll take this one to start. Kansas City's four and a half point favorites, and uh, I'm I just don't just don't love Miami in Kansas City. I don't love how Miami's been playing recently. It's it's kind of come crashing down for the Dolphins. Um, I I'm not in love with Kansas City yet either, but this is it's their home game. It's their 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 true start to their title defense. I think they come out and take care of business. I think Miami just ran out of gas, and Kansas City handles them just fine. Uh, I'm taking Kansas City four and a half here. I mean, this is easy, Chiefs. It's I don't think this game's close. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be fucking minus six degrees or whatever it's going to be. Coldest game ever. Wind chill. I mean, the only thing the Dolphins have going for them is the weather's so bad that it's a defensive struggle. But they have every every big time defensive player is hurt for them, so they don't even have a defense. Um, I mean, I, I I just don't I don't see a roadmap to winning this game with uh, second string defense. When this when this game came out and it was three and a half the point spread, I I I just couldn't wrap my brain around what Vegas was thinking. Now, since then, it's gone up a point, and I think it's going to keep climbing. It'll be... I thought it was going to come out in the spread was going to be seven. I thought it was going to be that high. I know the Chiefs had no receivers, but it's like, the Dolphins are just dead. This mm-hmm. dead team. The, the defense played their balls off Sunday night against Buffalo. It wasn't their fault they lost. Um, that, was, that was the defense's last stand. Tank is empty now. Uh... The Chiefs win this game by double digits easy. I, I just don't see – I don't see how this game is close in the fourth quarter. Buffalo, nine-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Stillers. So there's an old Mike and the Mad Dog rule when they would pick playoff games and they would say, only pick the dog if you think they could win. And that's kind of the logic I'm going to go with here. Um I'm going to go with the Bills. I know all the Bills' shortcomings. Allen did not play well. The Bills did not impress me Sunday night. It was more about the Dolphins just losing that game. Allen would, you know, just takes not take care of the ball. Uh, they just do dumb shit, the Bills. Um, but I think home, it's going to be – it could be a weather game. I saw it could be – it's going to be definitely be cold, and it could be snow. Uh, and I know the Bills don't run the ball, but, I mean, we, you know, Najee Harris is going to go off. Like, you know, and the combination of Mason Rudolph in Buffalo and no T.J. Watt, I got to go with the Bills here. You know what I mean? Rudolph, I can't see Mason Rudolph going into Buffalo and winning. And I just think the Watt injury is a killer. So uh, 
I'll take the Bills. Was it nine and a half? Nine and a half, yeah. The Bills minus nine and a half. All right, we disagree here for the first time. Yeah, the Watt thing is it, it's a great reason to stay away from Pittsburgh. But because of the weather, because of Buffalo shortcomings, don't like the big number. I'm going to – and just Pittsburgh's playoff experience, um, coaching experience, I, I feel like they have a chance to keep it close. Uh, so I'm, I'm just I'm sticking with Pittsburgh, even though yeah I'm I'm to go with your Mike and the Mad Dog rule. I do not think they can win this game. <laughs> I well I guess if it wasn't a playoff game, I guess they could win it. I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh won. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. I I would be surprised if they won, but they uh, there's there's such a weird team that I can't picture them winning anything. <laughs> But they do. Pittsburgh, somehow, the Pittsburgh they blueprint. Do. The Pittsburgh blueprint in this game is you gotta, you gotta win the turnover battle, and I feel like you gotta score a touchdown on defense. Yeah, you gotta win the turnover battle by like, by like two, and you gotta score on defense. Play from ahead. I just think it's too many things. I'll be rooting yeah. for them. Uh, Green Bay visits Dallas here. Mm-hmm. Um. And Dallas is seven point favorites. Here's the thing with this: I just i I don't love Dallas. They're turnover, or they're a penalty machine. They uh, Dak's playing great, but I just I want to bet I want to bet against Dallas here, but I like them at home, so I have to take Dallas with the seven at home. I don't. I I feel like the fall is coming. I don't think Green Bay is ready. Now Green Bay could keep it close and keep it under the seven for sure, but I just like I like Dallas too much at home to to stay away from from that this time around. So I'm taking Dallas minus seven. So I was going through Dallas's schedule, uh, all their home games, and <clears throat> I don't know if they play eight or nine home games, but they killed just about everybody. Yeah. Uh, the only games that fell inside. Uh. 10 points were Seattle. It was a Thursday night game. They won by six. And that Saturday night game against Detroit, which just happened where they won by a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, I love Green Bay in the spot. I think Green Bay can steal this game. This is a spot, a game where I actually do think the underdog can win. Seven seed has never beat a two seed since they changed this format. So I don't know. I don't know if I have the balls to call for the outright upset, but I think Green Bay will be in this game. I think if you keep Dallas in a close game, they're going to get tight. Dak will get tight. Green Bay, a little fast and loose, a little, you know, too stupid to know where they are. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's a you know, young team. Jordan Love, first playoff start. Uh, I think Green Bay's a live dog, and I think they can win this game. So I'll take the Packers getting seven. All right. Is that how much anti Dallas is that in your head? Uh, I'd say it's 50-50. Green Bay has actually shown me something. I thought Green Bay was going to stink this year. Uh, they, I gave them out as an under, and it was looking good for most of the year until like around Thanksgiving maybe when they beat the Lions and they went on a little bit of a run. Uh, I like what I've seen from Love. I like what I've seen from Love. Okay. And the yeah. defense is always like you never know what the Packers defense is going to do. Yeah, which scares yeah. me, but it also they have the potential. I don't know. 
right. I like I like the Packers. When this when this spread came out, I was thinking it would be a little bit less than seven. So I, I like that I'm getting a full touchdown. All right. All right. Uh, what's, uh, Detroit, oh. Detroit three point favorites uh, hosting the Rams. Okay, so on this game, this is the the Sunday night game. This is probably the best storyline of anything. You know, Stafford and Goff uh, going going. Uh, they actually did go head to head. Stafford's first year in LA. It was in LA regular season game that the Rams won. Rams were awesome that year. Lions stunk. I think that's why we all kind of forgot about it. But um, for me, I'm going with the Rams getting three. I like McVeigh over Campbell. I trust Stafford over Goff. Um, and I got to say, th- this is one of the most like disheartening things that could ever happen to a tortured franchise. If they lose this game to Stafford and the Rams, this is horrible. This is really, truly horrible. Now, flip side, if the Lions win this game, let's say it's a crazy game, this could catapult them and spring them to a Super Bowl run. So you got to look at it both ways. I feel like this is going to be a tight game. I just I feel better taking I feel better taking the points. I like, and I like. I feel better taking the, the better coach and better quarterback. Yeah, you know what? I don't trust Detroit covering a spread. Just period. Uh, if they do in this game, I feel like it will be a like a heart attack type win. Um, I'm going with the. I'm going with you on this. I'm, I'm rooting for Detroit here. I want to see them get over the hump. I want to take them, but they're getting it's the full three, and I just don't think if they. I don't. I just don't think they'll win by more than three. I just don't. If they do, it's going to be like. It's just going to be a nail biter. Um, yeah, they're not going to blow them out. So I'm taking the Rams with you as well. Uh, take us to Monday night. Philly is at Tampa Bay. Philly's minus three. This is a weird one because Philly's been playing terrible football. They look like shit. Uh, and Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay, but Philly's just a better team, right? Like that's kind of my thinking goes. I guess Tampa like a, a, a seriously tough team. Or, do we just take the better team, Philly here? I think I have to. I think it's one of those times where they come in like looking bad, and then they kind of put it on for a week and just be like, "Oh yeah, they're still better than fucking Tampa." Uh, at least for a weekend, they they can turn it on for for this. I I just and then go back to shit in the bed the next week. But uh, I gotta go Philly minus three here. Yeah, this game sucks. I, I I struggled with this game. I struggled with the Rams, uh, with the Rams Lions probably the most. This game I struggled with for different reasons, just because both teams stink. But I'm not picking Tampa. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not picking Tampa. I'm. I'm just gonna go plug my nose, take the Eagles. It's a short number. It's a small number. You know, it's it's on the road. Tampa shit themselves in this game last year against Dallas. Granted, Dallas probably better last year than Philly is right now this year. But I yeah, I can't figure out what exactly is wrong with Philly. I know their defense stinks, and apparently their offense, like the play calling has been very predictable. And mm-hmm. But I'm not – I'm not uh, – I'm not endorsing Philly. You know, it's not, it wouldn't be my best bet, put it that way. No, it is not my best bet. But, but I still, I'll, I, but I'll take t- Philly. T- Tampa would be a true shot in the dark leap of faith for me. So I'm going Philly. Yeah. That's it. Those are your picks. Um, the only two we, we disagreed on Philly and Buffalo. 
and uh, no. Green Bay. No, we disagreed on Pittsburgh, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. Yeah, and, uh, Green Bay and Dallas. The rest we have Houston, KC, the Rams, and the Eagles down the line for you. Um, and that'll do it for this edition of Sunday Poor. Uh, unless you have any, we have a minute. If you have anything you want to get get off your chest real quick, Ant. Otherwise, thank yeah, you to our listeners yeah. for spending the time. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you had a quick Super Bowl prediction. Oh, um, oh shit! I think San Fran's coming out of the NFC. Yeah, I didn't thought about this, but yeah, San Fran seems like the team that's poised. Not going to be Dallas. Um, San Fran, Kansas City, San Fran, Baltimore. I think the Chiefs are people are sleeping on the Chiefs. I think. Yeah, don't sleep in the Chiefs. That's a mis- that's a mistake. Tough to go back to back, but they are the Chiefs. Buffalo, they get hot. They figure it out. I don't know. I don't have a pick. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I uh, yeah, I'm with you though. San Fran seems like the team. I think they come out of the NFC, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for spending the time with us. We'll be back here uh Monday night football, super wild card.